posting about his house and his cars and stuff. He met Jesus last week. Literally haven't heard from him. It's weird. Dude, Jesus came to town on a donkey. I saw that. Could he not get an Uber? I mean, maybe he was searching. (laughs) Dude, are you in this group chat with Shadar, Kamishak, and Abendigo? Uh I used this fire emoji that got all offended. Oh, okay. Jonah tweeted he was going deep sea fishing three days ago. Have you heard from him? Maybe he doesn't have service. (laughs) Do you follow Saul? Yeah, what? He changed his username to Paul. What? Bro, do you have locations on for the children of Israel? They're just, like, wandering around. Literally makes no sense. Have you seen the weather for today? No, what? 50% chance of quail. Weird. Wow. Uh, Abram and Isaac posted a selfie that headed the mountains for a little father-son trip. Amazing. What could go wrong? Wait, what's that rope for? Oh, my goodness. Lot's daughter's pregnant. She's gonna have a baby. I wonder who the dad is. Too far. (laughs) Bro, you're following the woman at the well? That's not like that. Check your heart, dude. Good morning, everyone. Did you put my mic on? Testing. Good morning. There we go. Good morning, everyone. John Chris always does a good job. That was pretty funny. He will be here at Alive, for those of you interested in going. Uh, There's more information of that on your pamphlet. So this morning, you know, in previous types of uh, sermons I've given throughout the year... I had a few that I would call from verses of, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me verses, or after you read it, you're like, you got to be kidding me. I can't follow that. Some of the past things we talked about is don't worry about anything. you got to be kidding me. What do I mean? I, I can't not worry. One was Thanksgiving, be thankful in all circumstances. you got to be kidding me. So this morning, I want to go over another verse. That I put in this category of, you got to be kidding me. Those of you who have your Bibles, you open it up to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to verse 43. And it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now that probably has to be one of the biggest you got to be kidding me verses. You got to be kidding me. I'm supposed to love my enemies and do good to them. That sounds impossible. You know, I read an article while I was preparing for this sermon online. And this one man was talking about, he says, you know, I admire the Christian and what Jesus was saying about love your enemies, but I don't understand it. And basically he's saying, I can't do it. This is a difficult thing to do. But you know, all of us have experienced somebody hurting us in some way or form. We've all had somebody do something bad to us, something that's spiteful against us. Some are a little smaller than others. Uh, Some of our enemies may be just, you know, um, competition. It could be jealousy. Some of it is people did something spiteful to us, but, you know, we're going past it. Other times, though, they can't hit us deep. And it's so deep, they're like, I could never forgive that. You know, there was a, a, a soldiers in the Korean War. They hired this young man to be their cook. And these soldiers, they like practical jokes. So what they would do is they would put Vaseline on the oven. So when he tried to cook some, he'd get all Vaseline all over his hands. Uh, they would put water, so as he entered a room and through a door, he would just get soaked with water. 
they even would take his shoes and nail them to the floor. Well, the young man took it in stride, was very respectful, didn't say anything. Eventually, the soldiers were getting a little bit feeling guilty about it. So they approached him and said, we're sorry, we shouldn't have done these things to you. We're going to stop. The young man says, so no more grease on the oven. They said, no more. He said, no more water coming down when I go through the door. They said, no more. They said, no more nailing my shoes to the floor. They said, no more. The young man was smiling and happy and said, okay, no more spit in the soup. (laughs) So there's always something that somebody has done to us that we have, that we know that we were hurt. And all of us in our lives have been hurt at one time by somebody else. And now God is saying, you must do good to them. I mean, this does not mean, though, that we can't have self-defense, right? If somebody attacks us, this doesn't mean that we can't protect ourselves. This doesn't mean that we have to go through abusive situations with people. This doesn't mean that we can't have justice. Someone steals something doesn't mean we can't call the police on them. This doesn't mean that we even have to be friends with our enemies. Sometimes being a friend with the enemy, you know, can get... Hopefully that enemy can become a friend. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen. It also doesn't mean there was a preacher. He was talking about, you know, loving your enemies. And he said to them... he said to his congregation, how many of you are going to love your enemies now? About half of them raised their hand. So he kept preaching for another 20 minutes. You know, it's getting close to lunchtime. People's stomachs were growling. They're like, come on, preacher, it's getting close to lunch. So he asked again, and everybody but one person, an elderly lady in the back, 93 years old, raised their hand that they were going to love their enemies. And he pointed to the elderly lady and said, are you going to love your enemy? And she says, I don't have any enemies. He goes, oh, what a great example of a Christian walk. No enemies. He goes, you want to expand on that? She goes, yes. All those jerks died. <laughs> so that's not the kind of love to wait for them to, uh, to die. But what it does mean, first of all, is when someone does something bad, that we don't immediately go and do evil to them. Oh, I'm going to get you back. It's not an eye for an eye. The Lord said, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. That's the first step. Now, this verse is not easy at all. But that's probably the easiest part of it. Is that, okay, someone did something bad. I'm not going to do bad back to them. Now, the second part there, though, is the harder part, Right? Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. That's hard to do. And I'm going to let you a little secret for me, for you, for everyone. In a lot of circumstances, I believe that is impossible to do without the power of the Holy Spirit in God. We ourselves do not naturally go and do good when we if somebody does bad to us, what do we first feel? We feel bitterness, we feel anger, and depending on what they do, it may even be hatred. 
That is natural. But to overcome that, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in God to be able to do the love and even sometimes be able to have to do good to others. If we look back at Matthew 5 again, the Lord kind of knows this. And what he said here, if you remember the verse, said, pray for those who, pers- who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, if we go to Luke chapter 6, and we look at verse 27, it says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. So God knew it would be tough. So the first step we do when we have such a hardship or such a I want hatred or bitterness to somebody is we need to pray for them. Because what's really done with this verse is an enemy, right? An enemy is not even somebody who asked you for forgiveness. An enemy is someone who may hate you and still hate you. An enemy may be someone who does something spitefully to you and will do it again. Enemies does not mean that they come and they say, I have did something wrong, please forgive me. These are people who may not ask for forgiveness. And we're still supposed to love them. So the first thing we need to do is to pray for them. A prayer. So we don't pray, not, don't pray to curse them now. But a prayer of redemption. A prayer of maybe strength to give you the strength to forgive. A prayer maybe to have them realize what they did. A prayer for them to get closer to God. A prayer like you're partnering prayer with them. That's what we have to first start to do. That is the first step. And that's where God will start to work in our hearts. Because he's talking about pray for them. That's what we got to start in our initial time. You know, there was a young man. His name was Eric Smallridge. He was 24 years old. He had too much to drink. And he got behind the wheel. Now, you guys can imagine what happened next. He had an accident, and he ended up killing two young girls, 20 years old each. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison for manslaughter. And one of the mothers of the, one of the, mothers of the young girls decided she wanted to do something good through this, and she started going to schools and talking about don't drink and drive to young people. And as she was doing this and getting this going, she one time was just sitting there saying, something is missing. She said, you know, if Eric would come and speak, that would really give some impact to this. Now, Eric himself was bitter at first, but eventually he started to get remorse for what he did. And he apologized to the families, both private and publicly. So... This mother of the, one of the girls petitioned to get him to come speak. Eventually, he was allowed to, still in prison, but to come out and talk to these young people. He was out, allowed to go out of prison for that. During this relationship for this, this mother started to forgive this young man. At first, she was bitter. At first, she had hatred. At first, she was angry. Then, after serving for 10 years, this mother approached and petitioned the judge 
to let this young man out early. And because of her petition, this young man was let out after 10 years and didn't have to serve the full 22. In fact, this woman said that Eric was becoming like a son to her. She forgave him. She did good to someone who's an enemy. You know, this verse of love your enemies and do good to those who persecute you, it's not about the person who did the wrong. It's not about making sure they get blessed. It's not about that. It's about you and me. It's about our spiritual growth. It's about what we do. Because when you hold bitterness and you hold a lot of bitterness, it can hurt you inside. First of all, we know in the body, it can actually hurt your body. If you really have resentment, if you really let bitterness fester inside you, it can actually cause depression, cardiovascular problems. Even with that, you've got stomach problems. There's a lot that happens with bitterness. And we need to be able to release that. You know, the mother of that daughter felt freedom and release after she forgave. There was another young man. When he was 11 years old, he's in Colombia, 11 years old, he witnessed his mother being killed. She was a street vendor. She was shot like 38 times. And after witnessing that, he got into drugs, he got into alcohol, he got into crime. He was trying to get something to supplement the love he was missing since his mother died. He also wanted revenge. And he thought he'd find out who the killer was. So he started collecting guns and even hand grenades. He never got the courage to go and get revenge. But one of his friends asked him to go to church. He went to church and God changed his heart. And he gave him the courage, not for vengeance, but he gave him the courage to forgive. And he forgave the person who killed his mother. In fact, he went and he thought he saw this man on the, on the side of the street. He went and approached him and said, I forgive you. They both sobbed together and hugged. Again, another time, he said, you know, I don't know why you killed my mother, but I forgive you. What's funny is, that wasn't even the man that killed his mother. His friend approached him and said, do you really forgive the one person who killed your mother? He said, yes. He goes, well, that person was my brother. And the reaction of the boy who saw his mother killed was, I forgive him and I want to help him. The forgiveness freed this young man. There were the twins. They were uh, back in World War II. They were taken in by the uh, Nazis and they were doing experiments on them. They were tortured. They were unbelievable conditions they had to go through. And you know, one of those twins said that she didn't feel free until she gave forgiveness for her torturers. Forgiveness releases us. Also, forgiveness. If we look at the Bible, let's get back to um, Luke. 
In Luke 30, uh, chapter 6, verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Doing this hard thing of loving enemies and doing good to those who persecute you provides eternal reward also for us as we go through. There's eternal reward. You know, we were discussing, let's look at the practical way of this. You know, this gift, and yes, I'm calling this verse a gift from God. The reason it's a gift is because bitterness can really do damage to us, both spiritually and physically. And God said, don't worry about it. Revenge is mine. I will take care of this situation. You need to take care of your heart. And practically, after this sermon, I do not expect all of us, including me, go out and all of a sudden we're going to be able to forgive and do good to those who persecute us. But I think we can do the first step. If there is bitterness that's inside of you, if there is somebody who when you even look at them, you're like cringing and get angry, maybe even like want to choke them, right? Or if there's a situation that you remember and every time you think of this situation or see something, you just get angry and bitter because there's still that inside of you. I think we can make the first step and that is to pray. Pray for that person that hurt us. Pray for that situation so that we can be released and free from that. You know, today I've been talking, this morning I've been talking mostly about, you know, loving your enemies. And, but, you know, when I was going through this sermon, there's something else that came out to me during this. And that was how great of a love God has for us. Because God's not going to ask you to love your enemies unless he is going to give you the power and he does it, right? I mean, Jesus was crucified, betrayed, and he, what did he say? He said, forgive those for they know not what they do. God has such a great love for us that even this type of love, something that we consider almost unbelievable to be able to do, he's able to do. It kind of reminds me of a parable. You guys might have heard this parable uh, many times. But there was a servant. The servant owed this king a lot of money. Let's, if we put it in modern times, like millions of dollars. The servant was put in front of the king. The king said, you know, I'm going to put you and your family in prison until you pay this back. The servant knew, you know what, I cannot pay this back. He said, please have mercy on me. The king had compassion on the servant and forgave him all his debt. The servant ran off, found somebody owed him a few hundred dollars, said, hey, if you don't pay me back, I'm going to throw you in prison. 
even was choking him. The man asked for mercy. The same thing the servant asked the king. But he didn't give it to him. He threw him in prison. The king heard about this, grabbed the servant, and said, you know what, you're evil servant. I forgave you of millions, you couldn't forgive a few hundreds. And threw him in prison. Now I know that this parable was talking about how God forgives us a lot and we should forgive others because they didn't do as much as we, right? That he forgives for so much, we should be able to forgive others for little. But you know what else that comes out of this to me? Is God is willing to forgive us for the millions of dollars that we owe him. For all that we've done, he has such a great love for us that he's willing to forgive that. So that came alive when I was going through these verses too. So we're going to have the prayer team's going to be in the back here coming up. And if you have any sickness, illness, if you have something you're dealing with, life is tough. They'll be in the back to pray for you. If you have bitterness that's been going on that you're still dealing with, and you want a prayer partner with that, and you want to start today to start praying for that situation, they're in the back for you. Now, if we bow our heads right now and close our eyes, one more thing I want to pray about, and that's what we're talking about, how great of a love God has for us. If this morning you have not accepted that great love and the great gift God has given us of salvation, do not wait any further. I, I open it up to you now to accept that this morning. Right now, as we are praying, just pray to God and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want forgiveness of my sins. I believe that you died and rose from the dead. And that the only way through heaven is through you. And I ask you to be my savior. Do that this morning, right now, as we are bowing our heads and praying. And accept the Lord today. And accept his great love. The love that he has to millions of dollars we, get, we owe him. And he forgave us all. Accept that gift today.